You're listening to Win the Day with James Whitaker. What we do in life echoes in eternity. Broadcasting from Los Angeles, California, here's your host, James Whitaker. Let's go. Welcome back to Win the Day. Last week, I shared with you the 10 biggest lessons from the Win the Day podcast this year. If you haven't listened to it or watched it yet, go and check it out. In this episode, I'm going to share 13 more. There's a lot of great stuff, so let's get into it. Number one, understand the context of behavior. In episode 75, I asked neurologist Daniel Gallucci, who's worked with some of the most successful athletes and individuals on the planet, what the top performers do differently. Here's what he had to say. There are a few things that they do amazingly well, and one would be able to understand the context of behavior. People need to be able to understand, and these high-level performers are able to sort of understand the context of behavior at that moment in time. So saying, listen, it's totally normal for me to be feeling this way as I'm going to go up to bat with 60,000 people here. And I've just gone over, I've gone over eight, (laughs) but I can separate that. And I can then still put the mental process in place to be able to say, what are the actions that I need to perform right now that again, I have that clarity towards that's going to enable me to increase my chances of being successful play these little games back and forth because what we need to understand is that even this idea again it comes to this and again i'm not trying to undermine it but i think this sort of like horatio alger's method of we just all pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and rah 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 and i'm maximizing the sense of control what i've seen is sort of backing down not so much hubris and appreciation for where i am in relation to my environment at this moment in time, understanding that what my mind may be thinking could be combined of so many different minds that have led me to this moment in time. And that with all that stuff, I'm still going to be able to put the pieces in place to be able to focus on certain action items. What are the things that I need to focus on and how do I move forward? Rather than being, again, so reactionary to, ooh, the pressure, ooh, this, ooh, that, like, but some of these people we've also been able to put into the brain scan. And then what I would say, if it was like separating the behavioral side, and again, I'm more biological in nature and, and trying to say, what does the brain look like? It is such a wonderful level of efficiency that it's insane. So one example I would give is, okay, you could take one of the best NHL hockey players on the planet, and you could take another pretty good NHL hockey player that's still making three or $4 million a year. And when they are performing certain tasks in the, you ask them to visualize certain things in terms of how they do certain things on the ice. And you watch this light up in real time. The guy that is making $12 million a year has this amazing ability to almost shut off. It's the ability to inhibit. The brain is primarily this amazing compressive tool. You know, it's got 85 billion neurons. And it does what it does, generating 20 watts of electricity. You know, at, at the brain level, there's almost this beautiful level of efficiency, which then goes back to that sort of sort of self-organizing, interconnected, dynamic sort of flow that's just so wonderful to see when you see it. So your ability to take a step back mentally to understand where you're at and what behavior you need to deliver will enable you to perform at your best and get the most from that situation. That's number one, understand the context of behavior. 
Number two, expose your kids to failure. I love the episode with Owen Roddy, episode 79, who is the coach to UFC superstar Conor McGregor. Owen's is just a great bloke, and boy, he shared some fun stories that they've been through. One thing I was really keen to ask him was about his approach to parenting and how he takes everything that he's experienced from his career as a successful MMA fighter and coach and apply that to build resilient and resourceful kids. And it all came down to a simple mentality, exposing his kids to failure. Here's how he described it. Exposing them to failure. Mm. You know, unfortunately, and you know, it breaks my heart sometimes. You know, my kids are in sports. They do, make, they do martial arts with me. I have three girls. Um, I don't particularly want them to do martial, uh, uh, mixed martial arts competitively. But if they fell in love with martial arts... I would, I would be behind them 100% and I will be behind them 100% on whatever they do. But my goal as a parent is to expose them to failure and teach them to, to look at the failures, look at the, the mistakes they've made, look, look for the solution to those mistakes and go straight back at that. Like I said previously here, go straight back at that problem and go again. It's on the other side of those failures where all the success and all the, all, all, all the good stuff is. So that's what I tell my kids. So don't worry about it. Just look at the problem and, and find a solution and go again. They're getting there. They're still very young and they get upset, but you know what? It'll, it'll, it'll stand to them in the long run. Owen recognises the importance of playing the long game and how nurturing the right mindset in his children will benefit them considerably. So stop coddling your kids and instead expose them to failure. That's number two. Number three, surround yourself with people who bring out your best. It was so cool to have 26-year Navy SEAL veteran William Branham on the show for episode 93. He's become a good friend, and I just love his mindset. You hear me talk all the time about the importance of relationships and making sure you're around the right people. I asked William how he was able to do that during BUDS training when everyone is out of their depth, quite literally, and this is what he had to say. In the beginning, I was building these bonds with, with guys. And then they would quit. And I was like, what, what happened? Why? What? I don't, I don't understand it. So at some point I became pretty callous, pretty cold. Like I still wanted to have bonds with guys, but if a guy wanted to quit, get, there's the door. Mm. Like I would help push them along. You're in my way right now. You're slowing me down. I want to actually win races. And in hell week, I saw a boat crew that was winning every race from like, you know, Sunday night into like Monday. And I'm like, I want to be I'm like, these guys are holding me back. I want to be with winners. Yeah. And so at uh, Monday afternoon before dinner, we had lost to so many people that they had to reshuffle the boat crews and you get in a boat crew based on your height. So I was like, I'm going to do what I need to do right now to be with a bunch of, surrounded by winners. I want to be in boat crew three. I'm, I'm right at six foot. And again, it was by height. So boat crew one is all the big guys. Boat crew two, more big guys, but not quite as big as boat crew one. Boat crew three is, you know, our average guys. And I got into that boat crew. So what I did is I, you have seven guys in a boat crew. So I was like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's boat crew one, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five. I'm the number six. And then whoever's number seven. <laughs> and uh, that's how I stayed in that boat crew. Smart, yeah. And when I got in there and I looked around, I was like, everybody was just average, regular guy in that boat crew. There were no superstars. But no matter what we were doing, if we were just like going to chow or we were doing an actual race by me surrounding myself with guys that were performing better than me that brought me up to a, up to their like I had to like raise my own bar to their level mm. even though I would feel sorry for myself and kind of want to slow down or whatever I'm like if I slow down then I'm letting them down and I'm slowing them down mm. and now they're dragging me I'm not going to be that guy 
So that was part of my, uh, my, just my desire to be there. And it helped change my own mindset because I didn't, I wasn't really surrounded by people like that growing up. There were like the star athletes, the star, you know, students, and there was me. And I was like, I'm not as good as any of those people. But if I want to be with those people, I have to like push myself beyond what I think my limits are. You'll be ready to run through a wall after listening to that episode. So go and check it out. And remember to surround yourself with people who bring out your best. It's so important. That's number three. Number four, get smarter while you sleep. There's a quote from Thomas Edison. It's one of my favorites of all time and is generally the final thought that runs through my mind before I go to sleep. The quote is, never go to sleep without a request to your subconscious. Well, when Dr. Michael Bruce, known as the Sleep Doctor, came on the Win the Day podcast for episode 81, I asked him if it's possible for people to actually get smarter while they sleep. And if so, how? And here's how he responded. So we know that during REM sleep, you move information from your short-term memory to your long-term memory. Also during stage three, four sleep, there's something called the glymphatic system, which pulls all the waste out of your brain. So things like beta amyloid and tau. So what it does is it cleans the whole system out. And so your brain actually probably thinks a little better while you're sleeping. And also there's not as much input, right? So you don't have visual input because your eyes are closed. You don't have hearing input because it's quiet, hopefully, that kind of thing. And so what we know is the old saying of sleep on it, it's actually a really good idea. So what I oftentimes tell uh, my CEOs, my entrepreneur people is I say, look, you don't want to be perseverating on your business problems before bed. Okay. You don't be thinking like, oh shit, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But if you have a problem, right. And you want to try to solve it, then instead of thinking about all the aspects of the problem, just say to yourself, I'd like a solution and just allow the data to go to the places it needs to go to in your head. You will be pleasantly surprised when you wake up. In many cases, if you journal when you wake up in the morning, a lot of my clients like to journal in the morning time to just kind of get stuff out of their head. The solutions will start to come. It, it's not going to happen immediately. Um, usually for a lot of my clients, it's five to seven days, but um, it works. It's a great tool to just say, I'd like a solution to the problem. And that's it. And then I actually have people then do a gratitude list, Yeah. right? So take my mind off of the problem. I really want to think through the idea of gratitude. There's real data here. So there's data to suggest that if you're optimistic before bed, you fall asleep more quickly and you have more positive dreams. Yeah. Like, Real data. Amazing, right? So tap into your brain a little more and get it to do some of the heavy lifting for you while you're asleep. You'll be astounded with the results. That's number four. Number five, use positive emotion to unlock your potential. In episode 83, FBI negotiator Chris Voss, who is also the author of mega bestseller Never Split the Difference, came on the podcast and shared some fascinating insights around communication, negotiation, and high performance. Now, we've all been through a lot. Some people have been through a lot more than others, obviously, but we've all had extreme challenges in our lives from time to time that have crushed our spirit and completely destroyed us of hope. I mean, look at the last three years with everything that's gone on. But that doesn't need to be a life sentence. We need to find a way of getting back to positive emotion so we can use it as fuel. Here's Chris. It's a simple answer, but it's not easy. Like I learned, I learned on a, on a suicide hotline, um, to get out of grief, you had to go from grief to gratitude. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody gets hurt. It's a choice as to whether or not to live hurt. You're never going to get out of it until you ask yourself, what did I learn from it? Do you have to deal with it or do you get to deal? Like you're, the stumbling blocks, the things that are causing you problems right now, 
you know, they're, they're the gateway to a higher level life. Do, what do I get to learn from dealing with this? I'm, and it's a whole just, it's a mindset shift. Mindset shift. Anger will not get you to your highest levels of performance. It's got to be a positive emotion. Gratitude, it might be. Um, elation, challenge. But you'll get fooled by anger because it made such a great difference in how you feel. And you won't know that the highest level of your performance as a human being has to cross into the, the positive mode. Now, typically, gratitude rarely pulls you directly out of despair. Gratitude rarely pulls you directly out of grief. There's usually an intervening step, but you're never going to get to be the fullest expression of who you are as a human being with anger. Just never going to get there. Chris is an extraordinary individual. So think about how you can apply that into your own life. That's number five. Use positive emotion to unlock your potential. Number six, achieve financial freedom. I don't even need to elaborate on this one. You already know how much better you could make the world and your family and your community if you had more resources at your disposal, especially financial resources. But the route to financial freedom is something people never seem to look into with much thought. Here's how my dad, financial literacy expert Noel Whitaker, described it. Okay, one, you must spend less than you earn. It's very simple. You spend less than you earn. Now there's a surplus. You invest the surplus. At the same time, you improve your skills by education, by self-education. As your skills base grows, your income grows, and you're on your way. 80% of people have no interest in improving their skills. 80% of people fall for buy now, pay later, credit cards. They're always behind. Now, if you're in debt every payday, you never get ahead of the game because yeah. you need to create the capital base. So I think, you know, you must, A, not spend everything. You must start the capital base. Mm -hmm. It'll grow faster and faster and you improve your skills and add to it. So yes, financial freedom is possible for you. You just need to remember that plan and execute it on it consistently. That's number six, achieve financial freedom. Number seven, replace anger with calm. Life has a funny way of poking us in ways that can really disrupt our day. And if you're having a bad day or if you've got a lot going on, it's easy to respond with anger. But real power and real happiness comes from harnessing that anger and instead replacing it with calm. In episode 97, my good friend Danny Denham, who has spent a lifetime in war zones as a commando and a military leader, shared just how important that ability is. If you're angry, you're wrong. It's just that. If you're angry at your children, it's the wrong way to be you're teaching them. If you're angry at your husband or wife, it's the wrong way to get them to believe in your story and why you're angry. You've got to find a way of just not being angry. I tell you, James, we, were, we did um, the breakpoint. We did some kids um, talks. Now we were talking to corporates, we are talking to people all, adults you know, generally. When we got a chance to speak to kids the other day and, and we were the, the main focus was the, to let them understand the collaboration between the mind and the body and the junction between that's breathing. You know, and we're saying, you know, we've got them to do the plank, you know, not warmed up, just, you know, we know they're going to fail, right? You've got them to do the plank for like 30 seconds and 50% of them could do it, you know they could do it, but they were just, their mind was bored. They were like, oh, this, so I'm embarrassed, you know. And then we got them up and they said, right, okay, so did your body give in or did your mind give in? And, you know, they were like, what? And then we got them doing breathing techniques. We got them doing a few exercises to warm up. And then we did it again. And 100% of them lasted the 30 seconds that we asked them to do. 
And that was the lesson. The lesson is if you breathe and prepare yourself, everything else becomes easier. You become stronger. So my lesson to the whole world is if you're angry, you're you're using lots of energy, you're erratically breathing, you're frustrated, everything that's good about you is gone. If you could just take the time out just to take a couple of breaths, just like we do when we're under attack, take just a few moments, recalibrate yourself. We say in here, break point two, breathe, recalibrate, and then deliver. Just put breath in between your reactions of anger, calm down, two or three breaths, and then speak what it is you want to say. I think if people started doing that, we'd be out of conflict and we'd be out of war. One of the keys that the greats have given us, you know, the Buddhists and stuff like that, is focus on the importance of breath. Focus on the importance of calming yourself down and staying out of stress. If people could do that, the world would be much better. So next time you're struggling with something, focus on calm. That way you've got a much better chance of getting the result you're after. That's number seven. Number eight, see the potential in others, even if they don't see it in themselves. I'm actually writing an article on this that's going to be published on LinkedIn next month. So go and subscribe if you haven't already. It's such an important concept. We all have vulnerable moments in our life when the wrong message could be soul crushing, but the right message could spur us on to being who we are and having the impact we want to have over the long term. In episode 109, psychiatrist and FBI negotiator Dr. Mark Goulson revealed the moment that changed the trajectory of his life forever. And he said to me, Mark, you didn't mess up because you're passing everything, but you are messed up. But if you got unmessed up, I think the school would be glad they gave you a second chance. So the tears from the body blow turned to tears of what's he doing? He's being compassionate. And then he said, and even if you don't get unmessed up, even if you don't become a doctor, even if you don't do anything with the rest of your life, I'd be proud to know you. So then I'm just sobbing, like, what is he saying? So he's seeing the potential in you perhaps more than you could see yourself. And given that I come from that background, that you're only worth what you can do, imagine you're feeling that. Imagine that you're feeling pretty worthless. And then he said, and even if you don't do anything, the reason I'd be proud to know you is because you have some goodness in you and kindness that the world needs. And we don't grade that in medical school. Maybe we should. And you won't know how much the world needs that until you're 35. And I'm just, I'm looking away. I can hardly look into your eyes as I recall this. Mm -hmm. And then he says, look at me. And he points his finger at me and he says, you deserve to be on this planet and you're going to let me help you. I think if he had said, if I can help you, give me a call. I go back to my apartment and I might not be here. And so what happened is I picked up what I call the trifecta of hope. You're worthwhile even if you don't do anything. If there's something decent in you or good in you, you deserve to be here. So he saw an unconditional valuing of me that I didn't have to earn or perform. He saw a future for me that I didn't see. Um, 35 years from now, they're gonna, the world's going to need you. And then he also went to bat for me. He stood up to the medical school and said, we're going to give this one a second chance. Mm-hmm. And he arranged a, where I would meet with the promotions committee. And I guess they were able to see something in me that I couldn't see. So think about that trifecta of hope and remember how much power you have to help improve someone else's life or perhaps even save someone else's life. That's number eight. See the potential in others 
even if they don't see it in themselves. Number nine, focus on distribution first. If you run your own business or are thinking about starting your own business, this is about the best advice you will ever receive. In episode 113, Shaheen Cheyenne, who generated more than 1 billion US dollars in sales by his 20th birthday, came on the podcast and shared the biggest mistake people make with their business. The things I write about in my book that one of my mentors taught me is always look at distribution first. The, the fool's way to sell something is to create a better mousetrap and hope that the world will find its way to your door. It's bullshit. Nobody cares. The correct way to do it is to find a market, to find the distribution, and then to just give it what it needs. That's how you get rich. Because now you're just feeding the market what it already wants. And all you have to do is tell a better story. Mm. All you have to do is provide value, provide excellence, and you're good to go. Educating a consumer is really the job of these big corporations with endless capital and public funds and that kind of thing. That is not the job of us mm. as mid-level, high-level entrepreneurs. It's not our job to do that. What our job is, is to make money. And how we do it is by finding distribution, finding a market, like you said, that's hungry and just feed and get what it wants. Shaheen's got a great energy and has some incredible insights in that episode. That's number nine, focus on distribution first. Number 10, believe in yourself. In this world, there are a lot of things that will knock you off course. It's why I'm so passionate about always knowing who you are and where you want to go so you can insulate yourself from the naysayers and that negative energy. In episode 99, Karen Dwyer, who's just an amazing person, spoke about how some of the clients she works with have been completely crippled by how other people had spoken to them. It can be a hard one if you choose it to be. And I think we can put all of our autonomy over there with the doctor and they're brilliant and they've studied for so many years. And you're right in saying, you know, you're left with your own thoughts and your daily life that, you know, that's not taken into account when you see a specialist every six months or, or a year. So I think it's important to be able to take on what they say and ask as many questions as you possibly can. You know, how will this affect my daily life? What should I avoid? What should I, you know, continue doing or, or maybe look into a little bit more? But I think having your own autonomy and and drive and commitment to you know what is the lifestyle that you want you know how is it that you want to live and not waiting for appointment to appointment to be told either good news or bad news because you know in between then like you're not living and we do sometimes hand over I, like I still do it so if I go to the doctor I'm like okay please tell me rather than actually going okay well what can I do for myself and a lot of times you have to wait for a doctor you know they're there for a reason and they do great work. But I think having some kind of practice, mm. daily practice for sure. I mean, the the basics of things are, are, you know, having a really solid morning and evening routine, you know, making sure that your lifestyle works for you, you know, what you eat, what you do, but also planning and taking responsibility around that. That's the biggest thing that we can do. Biggest thing. I've seen people make the tiniest changes and two months later, completely different life. Mm. So I think balancing out your own influence and power and putting that together with your doctor's advice is so important. As you hear me say all the time, the most important opinion is how you feel about yourself. It's the key to self-belief and you're going to need it, especially if you're dealing with something tough. That's number 10, believe in yourself. Number 11, problems help you get better at finding solutions. 
You know what it's like when you get confronted by a problem when all you want is the result. If you've got kids, you can see how frustrated they get. And of course, it can be so frustrating even for adults. But in episode 115, Angela Sutherland, who's the founder of kids nutrition company Yumi, mentioned that problems are simply presented to us so we can get a lot better at finding and generating solutions. It's a mindset that we need to adopt and also to share with the next generation. Here's how Angela described it in the context of the conversations she's having in her family. It's actually a really good time to have at the dinner conversations around sort of general broader concepts. And so we talk about resilience and optimism. We talk about not letting something bother you. Like I think you can see it in early ages when kids get very frustrated. They can't finish an assignment. They they get something wrong and they get very angry. And it's just about, you know, taking a deep breath, like thinking about what to do, right? Like, how do you fix it? Like, so we talk about, there's no such thing as a problem. It's just a way to find a solution. Kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, how is there, how do we solve this? Nothing should stop you here, you know? And I think, or it's little things like we like there's, there's no losing, there's winning and learning, you know, there's little things that we try to talk about. So that way they see that life is a long journey. There's no like moment in time. So today you might not have done as well as you thought, but you can learn from that Mm -hmm. and then you can still win. So the next time a problem gets in your way, be grateful for the opportunity to get better at finding solutions. That's number 11. Number 12, choose purpose over possibility. It's possible for you to do a whole bunch of different things, but the most important thing for you to pursue is your purpose. Even if something seems impossible, go for it if it's something that truly means so much to you. In episode 103, Ben Goodwin, who's the founder of Olipop, which is on a fast track to being a billion dollar company, revealed a little bit about how he views the challenge in front of him before he started that business. One thing that my mentor actually said to me that I do keep close to my heart is that most things that are worth doing seemed impossible at the start. Mm. So I don't let the uh, scale and the the complexity of the challenge uh, diffuse my observation that it's like, still, so if it's worth doing, it's worth doing. I don't give a fuck if it seems impossible now. And if you're struggling with purpose, focus on getting a clear mind and reading anything that inspires you so you can lean into what really drives you. That's number 12, choose purpose over possibility. And the last one now, number 13, show up to give each day everything you have. God, that inspires me just saying that. And if you want something to write on your wall, apart from win the day, obviously, it's probably that. One of my favorite interviews was with Kieran Sinha, the founder of Illumix, who came on the show in episode 107 to talk about the metaverse of all things. But we actually spent the majority of our conversation talking about her fascinating mindset and how she's using it to change the world. Here's a little refresh. I love post-its. So I have post-its all over my uh, apartment at all times. I have them with me all the time. I think they're an incredible business tool. You have to distill thoughts in a very clean and concise way. The post-it I currently have on my desktop screen and the quote that most inspires me right now is champions don't show up to get everything they want. They show up to give everything they have. And that is something that's giving me a lot of energy right now. And to me, that's regardless of the type, what happens, like what you get out of that, right? That could be bad. That could be good. That's not always in your control. But if you show up and you give everything you have and you think about your life from that kind of impact driven mindset, you will, I think, feel more fulfilled and actually achieve more towards your goals than 
I think, with any other headspace. So good, right? That's number 13. Show up to give each day everything you have. For a quick recap, understand the context of behavior, expose your kids to failure, surround yourself with people who bring out your best, get smarter while you sleep, use positive emotion to unlock your potential, achieve financial freedom as soon as you can, replace anger with calm, see the potential in others, even if they don't see it in themselves. If you've got a business, focus on distribution first, believe in yourself, problems help you get better at finding solutions, Choose purpose over possibility. And finally, show up to give each day everything you have. They're the 13 things that we went through in this episode. And remember, there's 10 more from our last episode. So make sure you check that out if you haven't already. Also, leave a comment on the YouTube version of this episode to let me know your favorite takeaway. You'll find a link to that in the show notes, as well as links to all of the full episodes that have been mentioned here. This is actually the last episode of the Win The Day podcast for 2022. So I just wanted to say a very big thank you from a very full heart for all your support throughout the year. I hope you have an amazing holiday season with your family and friends. If there's ever anything I can do to help, as always, jump into the Win The Day group on Facebook and post any question you like, and I'll get back to you as quick as I can. We've got some really big announcements coming in January and February. We've been working very hard behind the scenes, so stay tuned for that. Have an amazing Christmas and a happy new year. Remember to win what's left of the year. Until next time, onwards and upwards, always. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Win The Day podcast. We want to hear your thoughts on what we covered today. So drop a comment on the YouTube version of this episode with your favorite takeaway, any questions you have, or what actions you'll be taking as a result of what was shared in this episode. And if you found value in the Win The Day podcast, leave a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You'll find a link to both of those in the show notes. It'll only take you a few seconds and more ratings really helps other people discover the show so they can get the mindset upgrade they need and we can bring more winners into the Win The Day movement. That's all for this episode. Get out there and win the day. Until next time, onwards and upwards, always. Always.